publishing a book is a victory, but it's not the end. After you sweep up the confetti and wash the champagne flutes, what's next? Authoring Onward is the podcast about those steps after your first publication. Going from published author to having a long-term writing career. And that has no clear endpoint and plenty of ups and downs. But telling stories for the long-term is so, so worth it. Sit back, listen, and together, let's author Onward. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Authoring Onward. I'm your host, author, editor, and book coach, Connie B. Dowell. And today I am podcasting in the middle of my favorite season, spooky season, with beautiful leaves on the trees and off the trees um, and on the sidewalk and pumpkins everywhere and just my favorite time of year. And today I have one of my favorite things to talk about and something that ironically I haven't talked about that much on the show before. In this very meta episode of Authoring Onward, I'm having a chat about podcasting for authors with Kitty Feldy. And she is an author of middle grade mysteries. Things, both of, both of those categories of things are right close to my heart as well as a podcaster and a public radio veteran. And so we have a great chat about how to be a good podcast guest, some of the benefits of being a podcast guest for authors, and what why an author might consider starting a podcast or might consider not starting a podcast. So some reasons to and maybe some reasons not to because it is a lot of work. Now, Before we jump in, just to let you know, um, unfortunately, this is just an episode with just me and Kitty. Joy will be joining in the show um, in future episodes, not next week's episode, because we did have some tech issues during the recording. She was only able to type out her questions, but you will be hearing her voice again very soon. So let's jump into the interview with Kitty. Today on the show, I am talking to Kitty Feldy, author and fellow podcaster. Welcome to the show, Kitty. Hey, Connie. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, your books, and your podcasts? Well, I'd be delighted. (laughs) So I am one of those refugees from public radio. I fell into public radio because I wanted to be Vin Scully and then realized my eyesight is so lousy, I couldn't tell the difference between a fly ball and a home run ball. So maybe that was the poorest choice to make as as a profession. But I I love the medium so much that I started volunteering at my public radio station and then started getting asked to do specific stories. And then, you know, it just blossomed from there 30 years later. Later, um, there I was in Washington, D.C., covering Capitol Hill. And when I left public radio, it was like, well, now what do I do? You know, I can do anything I want. I could I could open an Etsy shop and realized I hate sewing for other people. And then I thought, well, I could go back to acting because that was my first love. And then I realized I didn't like waiting around in rehearsal rooms and something happens when you get older, you can't remember the lines as well. So I didn't want to go back into theater, but I knew how to do audio. And I really had a passion for reading 
um, and kids. And um, back when I was in Los Angeles, I had a talk show. And once a month, we would throw everybody out of the studio and just invite kids in to talk about a middle grade novel. And I thought, gosh, the technology has changed. This is 2015. I, I could do that. I could do that as a podcast. I don't need a radio station and managers who say, why are you doing this? This is, you know, makes no sense on our station, but it did make sense. And so I started the book club for kids podcast in 2015 and have been going strong ever since got some grants from Nora Roberts and uh, the Jack Kent Cook Foundation and the DC Commission on the Arts. And we've produced oh, about 140 episodes so far. So I did that. But at the same time, as I left Capitol Hill, there were all these really great stories about weird stuff in Washington that I would tell my friends back in California. And then I sort of ran out of people in California to tell the stories to. So I wanted to incorporate those in some way and to be able to translate my experience as uh, definitely outside the Beltway person to the world and particularly to kids, because I never got that eighth grade trip to Washington. And I don't still haven't found anybody in Los Angeles who'd got that one either. And our knowledge or connection to what's going on in Washington was so disconnected. So I wrote this series of mystery novels, the Fina Mendoza mysteries, and um, created a podcast series out of them as well, an uh, audio drama podcast that isn't a verbatim translation of the books, but it's, um, you know, it's the audio adaptation of those books. And so that's what I do. I, I write mystery books, mostly about Fina Mendoza, the 10 year old daughter of a congressman who solves mysteries inside the U.S. Capitol, like the demon cat of Capitol Hill and the bird that pooped on the president during the State of the Union address. And then I also do book club for kids. And that brings us to where we are today. Yeah, so that is all really fascinating. Um, and I had a little listen to um, some of your audio fiction podcast uh, this morning. Oh, good. Yeah, so t calling it an audio transcription does, um, or an audio adaptation is a, is a little bit selling it short because like there's sound effects. I mean, it was very impressive. So well, thank you. I wanted to do it like the way you produce a public radio story, you know, mm -hmm. that you go out and you capture what they call ambient sound, you know, the sound of the airport or the sound of, you know, leaves crunching or the telephone you used to there was always a joke about every public radio story started with somebody answering the phone you know the so-and-so agency so that you'd know where you were it's pretty hokey but it you know was sort of a meme and i wanted to capture that that way of telling stories um uh, uh, for the ear that way that's what i wanted it to sound like unlike just being in a in a studio where you add all the sound effects with explosions and things like that because it wasn't that kind of a story it was a family story and i wanted to just like in public radio you want to take your audience to the scene of what's going on and thanks i appreciate your comments on that yeah so um everybody go and check those out but Let's dive into the meat of our conversation today, um, which is how to be a good guest on a podcast. As podcasts have exploded, um, authors have found this as a new way to get the word out about their books and might be wondering, how do I be a good guest and whether or not they might want to start a podcast themselves? Well, let's start with the easiest part, because being a guest is a lot easier than running your own podcast. As Connie, I'm sure you well know at this point in your life, 
Um, so what you want to be, it's just like being a guest at a party. So except that you're kind of issuing the invitation as a general rule, you are pitching yourself to a podcast. So again, you want to be a good guest, just as if you would be going at a party. And if you're coming to somebody's dinner party, you don't want to say, and I can't eat the chicken and please, I, I must have this particular kind of wine with my meal. And, um, I will not eat dessert because I'm on a diet or whatever. You don't make those kinds of demands. You try to be uh, a generous guest. And so the same thing, when you're contacting, um, a podcast, you should know something about your host, um, you know, when you're a dinner party guest, you need an address to show up. You, you should know something about the person. Maybe they're allergic to flowers. You're not going to bring them flowers. So the same thing with the podcast. You want to hear a little bit of the podcast. You want to know a little something about the, the host. Uh, do a little, um, you did your homework, Connie. You, you looked up the guest's information. You want to have knowledge because I know that I get pitches all the time and uh, especially with book club for kids. And you can often tell that it's someone who had never heard the podcast because they're pitching me, you know, um, how to diagnose psychoses in, you know, people who are over the age of 80. Like, well, no, that's not who <laughs> those are the kinds of books that we tackle on the show. So you need to know something about that. And you need a good pitch letter. And as authors, we write pitch letters all the time. So you want to write a pitch letter and you want to include in it something that's going to make the you're offering something of value to the host more than just your books. You're offering something else that you can do or talk about uh, a particular skill you might have as a writer, uh, something else that makes you stand out special of interest that would fill that time on the show. You want to list the experience you have so that you know that the, the, the host will know that you won't run out of things to talk about in about five minutes um, and that you will show up on time. Things like that. You want to show the professionalism you have in your letter. And in don't, you know, you can follow up if you haven't heard anything at all, but don't keep bothering that person because they have a life as well. So, you know, again, you want to think about being a good guest, just as if you were going to go to a dinner party. And then you want to find out, you know, what specifically is going to happen on that podcast, when it will be, um, what kind of uh, taping system they're going to use. Are they going to send you to a studio? Or are you going to do it on your phone? Um, we are taping on laptops here, and um, I have purchased a, a better microphone than what is in your um, laptop or desktop or whatever you use, tablet. Um, it's about 100 bucks, $125. And in, if you do a lot of these, it's worthwhile because I'm such an audio snob. You know, I just hate the kinds of quality audio that you generally get um, when you're just doing tapings. Um, on Zoom or on a phone or whatever. I mean, we have all kinds of tricks we use when we tape for book club, especially during the uh, COVID crisis when we were trying to tape kids, multiple kids in distant locations. And it just was a, a technical nightmare. But you can make your life easier and your hosts easier if you have a microphone. It's not necessary, but it will make you stand out. You'll sound so much better with a microphone. You want to find a quiet place to do this, of course. You want to have, you know, not the room that's right next to the dishwasher that's running or your husband is watching football and you, you want to have it quiet. Uh, you want to try to keep the pets out of the room. Sometimes that's extremely difficult when you have a cat that wants to sit on your laptop or the dog that must be, uh, you know, adored at that very moment. Um, and of course, we've seen some great moments of pets and small children, um, <laughs> especially government officials giving these very serious press conferences and a toddler in diapers runs through the screen. 
you're not going to see that, but you might hear that um, in a podcast. You want to be prepared um, both for what the uh, host wants to find out from you, but also I would say come up with three things you want to be sure get mentioned during that podcast. You know, the name of your book, where it could be found, um, what it's about, something that would be sticky so that the listener would think, oh, yeah, who was that that had that book about vampires in Paris? You know, something that would be they could look it up later and, and perhaps purchase your book. Um, and also things about you that are interesting or unique, because those are always, again, things that will stick in a listener's mind to identify you if they are interested in more about you or more about your book. Um, when you're doing an inter interview with somebody, you really want to be able to listen. Now, I've been doing all the talking, Connie, and I haven't been listening to you. So that doesn't make me a particularly good guest. But you, uh, it especially matters when uh, uh, the host asks you a question. Um, be sure you got the question right. Of course, if it's something you don't want to answer, you'll do the old politician trick, which is answer whatever the hell you want. And generally, the host will follow up with you with a follow-up question. But try to listen as much as you can. A pencil and paper by the microphone is always a good thing, especially when you have short-term memory <laughs> issues, because you go, what was it I was talking about? I don't remember at all. And I would say a sense of humor. Bring a sense of humor with you when you're speaking to the host. Um, after the interview, it's you always one again, be a good dinner guest and thank the host, um, send them an email, um, you know, just try to keep that relationship alive and because you and help that host publicize the podcast when it airs, you want to be able to share it on social, on your website, elsewhere. Again, you want to be a good dinner guest. So I think if you keep that in mind when you're getting ready to do uh, a podcast interview, to think of it as a dinner party, um, perhaps without the alcohol, but um, a, a, a pleasant evening to be spent by all. That is your job as a, as a guest at a dinner party is to be a pleasant person so that everyone will go home and think, gosh, she was really fun. Yeah, I love that analogy. Um, thinking of yourself as a dinner guest um, who is sort of, you know, inviting yourself, um, usually, not always. Um, sometimes we podcasters put out like a call for our speakers. That's how I got in touch with you, Kitty. Um, but I think you got a lot of good stuff here. And I would just add that just like being a dinner guest, all of this is just a little bit of forethought and it doesn't have to be super intimidating. You know, you don't have to obsess over um your pitch and worry like it, it's really a bit more accepting and casual um than that but just having that little bit of forethought making sure you are pitching on topic podcasts um we've all experienced that all of us who have been in podcasting you get something that's totally off topic or you get a pitch that you can tell has been copied and pasted and sent to a list of 100 people um you know, one of the one of the things that I, I, I wish I could figure out how to do this better, but because I often have to do mass email that are not through like mail light or um, MailChimp, but you can always tell because the type shows up different when you do the cut and paste, the type is like a little smaller or a little bit weirder. It's just if you're sending out a mass pitch, at least double check the type and try to make it look like it's yeah. a fresh one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. At least at least cover your tracks there. That's it. Um, <laughs> But but yeah, it, it really can be, it, it's just about having a little care. And also to note that in the case of 
most podcasts, editing is possible. So even though we strive to have really good audio, sometimes things happen, um, things aren't perfect, that's okay. Generally, we can edit it out later. It's when I, when I tape with the kids for book club for kids, I always tell them that, um, you know, we all uh, host, you know, we want you guys to sound brilliant. We want all of us to sound like the most brilliant people in the world with no us and no starting overs and no sorry about that. Um, and, and I think it applies to everybody, Connie, we want everybody to sound brilliant on our show, especially us, but our guests particularly. Yes. And that's another thing to remember. Um, and I'm glad you, you gave that tip about having the the three things that you want to in include in your episode. Um, because one of the missteps that I see sometimes is where authors come on a podcast and the, the host is trying to get them to basically sell their book to their audience. Going, Tell me a bit more about your book. Tell me a bit more about your work. And they sort of go, oh, it means this much to me, or it's kind of about this. This is the genre. And you you want to be prepared and not have your host trying to draw you out um, and create your pitch for you on the air. Well said. Yeah, no, I agree. And sometimes we forget that because we're so close to the material. It's so close to our hearts that we we have to put on our salesperson hat. And yeah, if it's a book about vampires, don't forget to mention that it's a book about vampires. Yeah, just think like the listener. There you go. That's a good that's a good one to bring with you. Yeah. So this is all, you know, all good stuff, all really approachable. Um, and there are there are places you can go and look for podcasters, but really just listening to lots of podcasts and finding good ones is a great place to start. Definitely. Um, yeah. And as you said, if you are podcast curious, this is an easy way to get started without the more challenging question. <laughs> Should I start a podcast? Well, I'm going to ask you, Connie, when did you decide you wanted to make that leap across the chasm into actually making podcasts? Oh, well, I, um, I'm a little bit of an unusual case. I didn't do so uh, to with much of an eye to promote my books, my first podcast anyway. Uh, my first podcast was, a, I guess it was a little bit related to the historical fiction that I write. Um, it was a historic history podcast uh, with my husband. And we just did it because we liked podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, what kind of podcast? I mean, what, what is your specialty? Um, I re I listen to everything. Okay. I listen to just a ton of different stuff. So I'm a podcast junkie, but, um, as for like when a author might think, Ooh, I should switch. I should I, not switch, but I should, I should add podcasting into my repertoire. When do you think that they should do that? Connie, it's, it's kind of a personal choice. I would say whenever you have the time, because quite frankly, more than money, more than motivation, more than skills, it's time that will, um, determine when and if you want to have your own podcast, um, particularly the editing. If you're not going to be editing yourself, it's that will take a, a big chunk off your shoulders, but it's not cheap. I mean, it's not super cheap to hire other people to do your editing and they may not quite get everything out that you want out of the out of the, the, the finished podcast, because quite frankly, there's a lot of editorial decisions making like, well, that conversation went nowhere, but uh, you know, the editor left it in and that was not making it made it feel like it was sagging in the middle or whatever. Um, so it's, 
But I would say if you have some time, if you're not on a deadline, if you're thinking about new promotions, um, that's always a good time to start a podcast. And podcasts are very forgiving. You can take down what you already sent out and nobody will ever have to hear it again. Um, you'll probably notice a lot of celebrities start podcasts. They don't last very long. They start a new one. You know, there's certain serial podcasters, I guess you could call them people who have more than one trying to hit the one that's going to, you know, turn into the Joe Rogan um, podcast that'll make you famous and rich, but most podcasts don't do that. So <laughs> go into it with, with wide eyes and, um, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Time is definitely a feature, even if you have pretty minimal editing and you've got the, you don't have that learning curve and there, cause there is a learning curve initially. There is technically. Yes. Um, but even taking away that learning curve, there is the time of scheduling guests and um, re recording these interviews and yep. the, the show notes that go along with it. So there's a yep. lot of little moving pieces that go along with having a podcast. And you forget how much time it takes. This week I was, I thought, oh, I have just a couple of little short ones because I'm going to rerun this stuff. And then when I sat down to do it, I thought, oh yeah. And then I have to do update the website. Yeah. And then I have to change all the show notes because it's a rerun and events have changed. And yeah, it takes forever. And then of course you want to promote it. So you've got to create, you know, social media outreach and maybe a press release, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, you're right. It is a massive time suck. Yeah. So it's something maybe to consider like how into podcasts are you? So yeah. You really have to have some passion to keep a project like this going. Yes. Um, and it might be helpful to for for authors, um, especially for authors of fiction, because nonfiction authors, it's pretty easy for them to choose a topic for a podcast that would be helpful to them, whatever yeah. topic they're covering in their nonfiction. But for fiction authors, what kind of podcast themes do you think are useful? Well, I think it gets back to who's your audience? Is your audience other authors? In which case it could be about the skill, you know, the practice of writing. It could be about marketing. Um, you know, you, you really want to think who is going to be your listening audience and how can I serve them? It's very similar to, to deciding to write a blog, um, which you might say is the 90s technology of podcasting, because they're very similar in a lot of ways. And, you know, I never wrote a blog on my um, website because I never could figure out what it was I could write about. What would be who would care about anything I would have to say about anything, you know? So I really hadn't, I haven't really done that, but for the Fina Mendoza mysteries podcast, I thought I found the perfect thing to write about because it's kind of raison d'etre is to introduce civics concepts to elementary school kids. And so I thought I would start writing about the facts behind the fiction. And so for each episode, there was always some odd little thing that would show up in there. Um, I mean, it could be political. Uh, it could be about campaign financing, how much, you know, things like that, explaining how to explain campaign financing to kids, but that's what that blog was all about. Or it could have been about, you know, the history of 
the Catholic Church in Washington, D.C., because that was a major plot element in the second season. But it was interesting enough to me that I thought, oh, this could be of interest to somebody else. I did all this research work before. Why shouldn't I share my research? So again, it's like finding what is that thing that you know or that you can do that would be of help or interest to a listening audience. And that's how you choose your topics for um, what you're going to podcast about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would add to that, if you are hoping to start a podcast to sell more of your books, or even for nonfiction authors or people who have other kinds of services they're trying to sell more of, this is a very slow growing medium. Yeah. It's going to take a long time for, and you may not ever totally be able to measure yeah. how much of an influence this podcast is going to have. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is because um, I, I can't, I try to look at book sales and things like that. And I cannot, I can't find a correlation between the two at all. So I don't know, you could say, give, you know, if you think podcasting is going to help you sell books, abandon all hope, you know, the, and then if it happens, you'll be happily surprised. But I don't think that, again, unless you're Joe Rogan or somebody with name like recognition like that, you're not going to be seeing your podcast selling you 100 books a day. That's just not going to happen. No, um, but there are many benefits. Um, I, I think there's so many reasons beyond just um, the passion for podcasting. Yeah. Start a podcast. Um, there's there is a establishment of authority that comes and again this is not super measurable it's right. not always something you can directly tie no it's true and and it's you also have to have that love of the podcast and i can see that on your face connie you just you know you glow when you talk about it it's something you care about it's something you enjoy you know it's something you don't mind putting time into and 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 passion into you can just you can hear it yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you really love podcasts, um, <laughs> jump well, in. and I would say, you know, when you're thinking about podcasting, I think you need to think of what kind of podcast do I want? You know, what kind of podcast do I listen to? Is it a one person, um, narrating, you know, like, um, Joanna Penn's podcasts, you know, is it, is it something where she's just talking about what she's going on in her writing life and, um, you know, an occasional, or is it an interview? She also does interviews one-on-one -on -one, as you're doing Connie one-on-one -on -one interviews. Um, I go out and talk to kids on the book club for kids podcast. They're the stars of the show. Um, or is it, you know, are you going to do what we did, for example, with Vina Mendoza, which is do a dramatic version of it where you're actually going out and get, hiring actors and, you know, doing a whole hoo-ha production with sound effects, et cetera. There's many choices. And, and the place to think about what is it I want to do is to think of what are the podcasts I listen to? How do, what do I enjoy? And then to try to follow down that track. Yep, that's um, a very good point beyond simply choosing a topic or a theme, thinking about those structures, those formats. And a podcast can have a mix of structures, as you mentioned. Correct. Joanna Penn, sometimes she, it is her monologuing in front of her microphone, and sometimes she has a guest. Um, and uh, you might also consider, if you're thinking this is a lot of work, but I really want to get into it, um, or you might also be thinking if I, I don't want to schedule tons of interviews, but I 
do want to be bouncing ideas off someone else, you might consider a co-host. Exactly. And co-hosts are great because they'll share the work. Mm-hmm. You know, that you've got two people trying to book guests and, um, you know, trying to maybe editing or whatever. You've got somebody else to share the burden with. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be a really interesting dynamic, even if um, like one show that I listen to called Best of Both Worlds, which is about um, it's about balancing parenting and a career. And the there's usually but not always a guest. But when there's a guest, one of the hosts is usually the interviewee, Ah. probably because of scheduling difficulties. It's hard to get both of them and the guests together at once. And then they, the two hosts come together for the intro and outro. And so there's that extra element of discussion that happens after the interview. Yeah. And there's a lot of energy that happens when you get two people Mm -hmm. in a room. There really is. And that's a nice thing. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so yeah, these are not to discourage everyone because this is a ton of work. Um, we do have to say that, but if that's something that you absolutely love, this can be a great way to, you know, establish credibility. If you do a lot of interviews, you're networking with other people in, um, other authors, other people in your field, other people who you could work with in some capacity one day. So. And it's fun, you know, and as I say, if it's, if you hate it, if it's horrible, if it's a burden, just stop. Nobody's, you know, standing over your shoulder and saying, well, where's your episode this week, Kitty Mm -hmm. Feldy? You know, I feel that, but it's not there. There's no one there. I keep looking around. There's no one telling me to do this. I must be doing it for another reason. That's true. And if you're just a little bit curious, then you might try guesting on a few podcasts and see. There you go. It's great practice. It's great great practice. practice. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's great practice for a lot of other publicity related things. Exactly. If you're going to go do a book talk, you know, if you're going to be doing um, a a launch at a, at a bookstore, my goodness, you're going to have to do this anyway, stand up in a bunch of, in front of a bunch of people and um, talk about your book and you're going to prepare for that. So it's, it's very similar. It's just, you don't hear the applause in the background. Yep. Yep. So great practice all around. Um, well, this has been a great conversation, Kitty. Um, so would you like to tell folks where they can find you, your books, your podcasts, et cetera, online? Oh, thanks for asking, Connie. I'm pretty much on social at Kitty Feldy. That's K-I-T-T-Y-F-E-L-D-E. Um, and you can find the podcasts. It's Book Club for Kids. And the other one is the Fina Mendoza Mysteries, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, I will say one plug for uh, Fina Mendoza. We um, have done a couple of really special episodes that I think are particularly good and helpful for parents talking to their kids. One is election related called Let Kids Vote. That's the episode. It's two parts. And we actually conned uh, an actual congressman, Mark Takana from California, into being on the show to answer questions from my fictional characters about why, whether or not he would support lowering the voting age to, as Fina would say, double digits, 10-year-olds. And so he has to answer these questions. And it's a pretty amusing conversation in his own words. I wrote the other part, but he wrote that part. And the other one is, how do you talk to your kids about January 6th? Um, There's an episode called Losing is Democratic. And um, you can find that one there as well. There's also an ebook that goes with it. 
um, and that's available on Amazon. But the rest of my books are um, distributed by IPG, and you can pretty much find them at bookstores or um, libraries. And uh, the one that the newest one is called State of the Union. And that's the one about the bird that pooped on the president during the State of the Union address. And FINA has to find the bird. So that's what I'm up to these days, Connie. Thank you very much for asking me to be on the show. Well, thank you so much for coming. This has been, a, a you know, like I said, a great conversation. And those of you out there listening, if you were the kid with the tape recorder that <laughs> pretended you had a radio show, you are probably now, I think most of my listeners are adults, you are now the grown-up who can do it. Just do it. <laughs> Exactly. Just give it a shot. You know, the tech, yeah. the, the editing is free. You get audacity and you can edit for free and, you know, get a microphone for a hundred bucks and you'll be a happy person. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. You're very welcome, Connie. Good writing. So I really hope you enjoyed that chat with Kitty. I know I did. And I hope you feel inspired to dip your toe into podcasting, whether you want to start your own podcast or whether you want to just start by trying as a guest on a few shows. And it really can be much, well, maintaining your own podcast can be a lot of work. Things can be a little bit simpler than you think. We even had a interruption in the middle of our recording. And hopefully you, my editing meant that you didn't even notice that that interruption occurred. And that's not me as a professional audio editor. That's me as me doing the editing, me, a writer and editor who just likes to podcast, um, editor of words, that is not of audio. So you can, you, you can learn this stuff. You can do, if you really are passionate about it, it just takes some time and persistence. And as far as guesting on the show, unfortunately, Authoring Onward really is quite full for guests for a long, long time. But I encourage you to go to your favorite podcast listening platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, um, something else, and just search for podcasts about podcasts about writers, podcasts about whatever topic, podcasts about books, podcasts about whatever topic it is that you are interested in speaking on and, you know, have a listen and then reach out with a good pitch as we discussed. So just give it a try. And that is all for this week. I'll be back next week with another interview. I do have a few spots still available if you are looking for upcoming editing for the fall. So go ahead and reach out while those spots are still open. Until next time, happy writing. <laughs>